Welcome to College Football Live, presented by Buffalo Wild Wings. Make no mistake, this Georgia defense, they are legit. The Iowa Hawkeyes will remain undefeated. Touchdown, Cincinnati. He wants this, and he's got it. 67-yard touchdown. Finally, we can go have some popcorn. Two seconds left. 28-yard attempt. The fight Texas Aggies take down the top-ranked Tide. Hello, everyone. Happy to have you with us for this midweek edition of College Football Live with David Pollack, Joey Galloway, and Bill Connolly. I'm Wendy Nix. And so it is midweek. It also happens to be midseason which really is a perfect time for a progress report. Come on, guys. I know you remember those. Remember, you still had time to get things back on track if they weren't going so well, right? Ring, ring, ring. Mom, dad, what's happening? Well, let's start with Georgia. So far, so good for the undefeated Bulldogs, due in part to a defense that is allowing just 5.8 per game and is considered among, if not the best, in the country. Georgia undefeated, the top team in the nation. So, David, uh, you know how sometimes they'd say, met or exceeded expectations, right? So where has Georgia exceeded expectations so far this season? Well, I mean, defensively, I'm pretty sure everybody in the country has been put on notice. The Alabama 2011 team, one of the greatest defenses of all time, has put on notice. You're talking about the pass rush has been ridiculous, the tackles for a loss is the sacks. Um, 33 points in six games. Six games. That's usually a game now in college football. But I just – I think what makes them different and what makes them way more way more improved than I thought they were a year ago is you had big Jordan in the middle and you had all these guys, but rushing the quarterback with Nolan Smith and Trayvon Walker and um, uh, Jalen Carter and all these guys, it's just Adam Anderson, the sacks are through the roof, the tackles for a loss, the disruptive plays. So they've definitely, ex- unlike me on my report card, Wendy, they exceeded <laughs> expectations. All right, Bill, you've been in those parent-teacher conferences, right? They say, listen, things are going well. They really are, but there's always ways we can improve. Where can Georgia get better? Well, it's kind of funny. In a way, we could learn more about them if they let teams stay close longer because we don't know if they can pass. That's the thing. They're they're passing great when they're up two touchdowns and they're killing you with play action and all of that. At some point, they're going to have to move the ball and score and, and in a pressure situation and make big passes on third and seven. We haven't actually learned if they can do that or not. Maybe they can, but uh, that might be an area for improvement. I don't even know. That's like an incomplete more than in sort of needs improvement. We just don't know about it yet. Right. And Joey, it wouldn't be a progress support without calling mom and dad. Uh, what can we tell the parents here? And by that, of course, I mean the reasonable expectations for Georgia going forward. <laughs> Um, I would say that the expectations for Georgia now are to win the SEC. I don't know that we felt that way to begin the season, but the way they've played, and these guys have already talked about the defense, uh, what a terrific problem to have to get into the middle of your season and you haven't had to find out what your offense could be. We have conversations, whether it's JT Daniels or whoever's playing quarterback, and it's like it doesn't matter because they're not giving up any points. Now, I always think that a close game along the road for, for a good football team is good because it just makes you find out what, what you're made of. We don't know what they're made of, and we might not have to find out, but the expectations are for them to win it all. 
Like, no question. I think the only reasonable expectation if you're in Athens is to win a national championship. Uh, we will see. Uh, there's also a whole tie-up in the Big Ten. Let's look at what we've got here. After landing just one team in the AP preseason top ten, the Big Ten now has five teams in the top ten as we turn the corner and head to the second half. The second conference to have t five teams in the AP top ten. The SEC has done it a whole lot of times, 23 times to be exact. So, uh, Joey, where has Iowa met or exceeded expectations? Iowa's always been a solid football team. They've always been solid on the defensive side. They don't do a whole lot. They play a lot of zone coverage, but they're very good at the few things that they do. And, and they, and Kirk Ferentz hasn't changed that over the years. Their, but their ability to take away the football this season has been a surprise, and it is sort of the same thing with Georgia. We haven't had to see Iowa in a situation where their offense has, has had to go out and win a football game because their defense has done such a nice job. They got behind to Penn State uh, in, in their game down by two scores, but defensively, uh, they created four turnovers. And it's tough to beat a team that continues to give the ball back to their offense in, in you know, scoring positions, and that's what their defense has done. They've exceeded expectations so far this season, but especially on the defensive side. Yeah, no question. We talk about Georgia's defense. You also have to talk about Iowa. Bill, area of improvement here. I mean, you can only play defense half the time. I, I would say the offense is kind of a known issue at this point. It's just They're just so inefficient on offense. They've been able to rely on getting one or two big plays in each game, making key passes, key plays at key moments. That's great, but at some point you're going to give up 28, 31, 34 points, and they haven't really shown us that they can stay on schedule, avoid three and outs, and just consistently move the football. They, at some point that's most likely going to catch up to them. David, looking ahead, what can we tell the parents here about Iowa? Well, you're the model student. Thank you, Mom. Thank you, Dad. I mean, you show up every week. There's no discipline problems, no penalties. <laughs> um, I mean, everything we do, we do it with, with great effort. Um, you know, you're just the model student. You're not, you're not spectacular. Um, you're not in the top of the class. You're not in the top five percentile. But my goodness, every day you bring your A game. So I think... Listen, Iowa's not sexy. I think we've all talked about that offensively. They leave a lot to be desired. But there's always something to be said when you, when you make plays when you need to. They did against Penn State, albeit a backup quarterback, but they did. And uh, Iowa deserves a ton of credit for what they've done so far. All right, David, we'll stay right there with Michigan State and do the same exercise. Uh, where has the Spartans met or exceeded expectations? Dude, have y'all been watching Michigan State offense? They ha it's been offensive for years and years and years and we used to talk about their defense all the time and, and they got cooked and we had that one year that they were like amazing they've had four you know offensive player of the weeks in the big 10 alone and it starts with kenneth walker you know he is running the football making people miss making big uh, plays peyton thorne throwing the football making plays now you got two receivers after last week jalen naylor goes for over 200 a week ago along with reed who's been balling so michigan state's offense is for real. They can score on anybody with a bunch of playmakers. All right, Bill, where do we need to improve? 
I mean, it's like at some point Michigan State and Oklahoma State kind of switched jerseys and nobody noticed. Now, you know, we've got Oklahoma State winning with defense. You've got Michigan State winning with big plays. Their defense still, though, they're, they'll, they, they're a little too good at stab, letting you establish a rhythm, we'll say. I think they're like 94th in completion rate allowed. If you adjust for air yards, they're like 103rd. They can't really disrupt offenses as well as they used to be able to. And you figure that's going to hold them back at some point. Joey, when we call home for the progress report and we're looking ahead to the second half, what do we say? Uh, we look at this team and say we're very pleased with what they've done so far. Mel Tucker has, has his team flying around, playing with a different attitude than we've seen in the past few seasons. Uh, the problem is the tougher tests are ahead of Michigan State. Uh, the Big Ten East is brutal with Michigan. Penn State, who just lost to Iowa, still a really good football team to depend upon if Sean Clifford comes back. And then you have Ohio State. So as great as Michigan State has been to begin this season, their toughest tests are down the road. And if they can get through maybe two out of three of those games, it would be a terrific accomplishment. All right, a teacher's job is never done. A big thank you to our teachers, by the way, while we're at it. So let's take a look at one more. We've got the Cincinnati Bearcats trying to do something uh, that a lot of teams have tried. Nobody's done it yet. They'd love to be the group of five team to crash the playoff party. The Bearcats are 5-0, and including a statement win over Notre Dame, but the rest of their conference schedule doesn't help them a whole lot. But even so, Joey, where has Cincy exceeded expectations? Um, I don't know that anybody picked Cincinnati to be able to go on the road and beat Indiana and then go on the road and beat Notre Dame to begin this season. Those are the two games we were looking at, and they've accomplished that. And so now they're sitting in a position that they run the rest of their schedule. We'll be having a conversation about Cincinnati later on. So they have been doing exactly what they were expected to do up to this point, and we'll see if they can finish it. Bill, where do we need improvement? Too many offensive funks. I think that's the major issue. They, they, you know, Desmond Ritter's great. He'll lead you on a lot of great drives. They still go three and out occasionally. They, they take their time finding the rhythm offensively. And you know, against even never mind the playoff against an SMU, they could you could really fall uh, fall behind quickly uh, if you go three and out a couple of times. So that's really the one area where they need to improve at this point. All right, one more call home, David. A final progress report mid-season. What do we say about Cincinnati? By the way, poor Bill. He had to do the things that need to change. He had to get all the. I know, he had to go to every time for all of these. Unfortunately, <laughs> sorry, yeah. Bill. Um, listen, listen. When, when you look at when you look at UC, man, they've done what they've needed to do up until this point. I think continue to win. Don't worry about the. Don't worry about the rankings. Don't worry about any of that crap. Continue to get Desmond Ritter. Continue to get Jerome Ford running the football. Establish that identity. Keep that physicality. Who you are. And that way you don't have to have those three and outs. You stay in third and manageable. Desmond Ritter can be uh, the Desmond Ritter that I think he needs to be. I think he needs to be throwing deep shots, scrambling around, running the football. He's a really, really good athlete. So I think the physicality needs to make sure they show itself down the stretch that they can be a team that you depend on in the run game. All right, and to Joy's point, if they went out, we'll be having a conversation about Cincy down the road. Bill, thanks for joining us. I know you, you've got the where to improve list on ESPN.com right now as well, so <laughs> he touches on other teams. Uh, he's like the principal today. We'll call, we'll call you Principal Connolly. Thanks for joining us. Uh, when College Football Live continues, we will continue our midseason progress report with a look at coaches who aren't making the grade and what we may be able to expect with regard to their futures. College Football Live is presented by Buffalo Wild Wings.
Fans, you voted and the results are in. Congratulations to State College for winning the Football Town Showdown presented by Shell. Following back-to-back -back losses to Auburn and Kentucky, LSU is looking at a 500 record at the halfway point of the season. The Tigers are one of only three teams in the AP poll era to go 9-7 and seven or worse in the 16 games following a national title. And now, sadly, the Tigers get more bad news. Ed Orgeron announcing today cornerback Eli Ricks would opt for surgery on his injured shoulder. He'll miss the rest of the season. They also lost star wideout Kayshawn Brute with a leg injury. And then they've been without All-American corner Derek Stingley Jr. He's out indefinitely after having a procedure done on his left foot. We're joining now by college football reporter Adam Rittenberg. And Adam, uh, the news not great for LSU. It begs the question about Coach O's future in Baton Rouge. Yeah, Wendy, it certainly doesn't look good there. They, they face four consecutive top 20 opponents with those players out. So a tough road ahead for Ed Orgeron. And he just two years removed from that incredible season where they went undefeated and won a national championship. He is very much uh, on the hot seat, in large part because his athletic director, Scott Woodward, was not the one who hired him. And Woodward has a reputation of hiring some big-name coaches. He hired Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M. He hired Chris Peterson away from Boise State to go to Washington. So he's not afraid to go into the market. And if they do, I would expect LSU to only target coaches with power five experience. Maybe a Mario Cristobal at Oregon. You know, Mark Stoops has done a great job at Kentucky. James James Franklin at Penn State, rumored for USC, might be on the radar at LSU as, as well. So definitely an opportunity ahead for Coach O, but he's got to start winning right now. Yeah, and adding insult to injury would be the road left for LSU. It does not get any easier for the Tigers, of course, such as life in the SEC West. According to ESPN's FPI metric, the Tigers will be the underdog in each of their remaining conference games this season. LSU has the fourth toughest remaining strength of schedule in all of FBS. And another coach who uh, who seems to be on the hot seat and getting hotter in some respects is Miami's Manny Diaz. Adam, what can you tell us about his future? Yeah, Wendy, also a team that's struggling, two and three. They spent most of last year in the top 20, right around the top 10 at times, and it just hasn't come through. They've also dealt with injuries, as De'Ara King, unfortunately, the quarterback injured again. But the difference at Miami, other than LSU, maybe not the same level of internal motivation to make, it, make a change, and certainly not the same amount of money and resources available if they want to get rid of Manny Diaz and go into the market for a head coach. There's been a lot of talk there around Mario Cristobal, former offensive lineman from Miami, but he's got a hefty buyout, $9 million if he's to leave Oregon before middle of January. That's a lot of money if Miami wants to make this move. Even by Miami standards, that's a lot of money. Uh, Adam, tell us, speaking of, let's circle back to USC for just a minute and where they stand, obviously having parted ways with their head coach in September. Right. Well, so this is the one major job that is open. USC is taking its time vetting candidates. They haven't really engaged in many discussions so far, but they have the luxury of time. They might have another six weeks before that really has to ramp up. The, the, the name that you've heard the most around, around USC is James Franklin, the head coach at Penn State, was even linked to this job even before Clay Helton was, was let go. Uh, he's done a great job at Penn State, three top ten finishes, a Big Ten title there. But if they can't make the college football 
playoff this year, Wendy, you have to start wondering, is it ever going to happen? Have I reached my ceiling? And can I go to a job like USC, where, where they've obviously won national championships? Iowa State, Matt, coach Matt, Matt Campbell, also a name that might be emerging there. Luke Fickle, also at Cincinnati, was hired by USC athletic director Mike Bone at UC. He's doing a great job there with, with the Bearcats in the top five. Yeah, those resources and that history and that brand can be enticing for a lot of coaches out there. We'll stay in the Pac-12 because this one's a little bit different. Uh, Washington State may be looking for a new head coach, but not for reasons you might expect. Right. Well, Nick Rolovich has uh, until Monday to comply with the state's mandate to uh, either be vaccinated against COVID-19 or receive a, a religious exemption, which he's filed for, uh, to, to not be vaccinated. So you know, this is obviously coming to a head uh, this weekend. Washington State's won a couple of games, but uh, either you know, he'll receive that exemption or he'll have to be vaccinated or then he'll have to be let go. And, and that's the concern around that program because they, they do have some still internal support for him, but he ultimately has to comply with what the state of Washington requires for all of its employees. He says he will, but it's going to likely go down to the wire, and Monday's the deadline where whether we'll know what's going on with Nick Rolovich, whether he'll continue as the Cougars head coach, or whether they'll have to, be, uh, to, to make a change there in Pullman. It's a different time. There's no question. For more on the coaching carousel, Adam, check out uh, your article on ESPN.com. It's always turning. We know that. Uh, there's also some questions in Norman, Oklahoma, in case you missed it. Uh, there may be more than one answer to the quarterback conundrum. We'll tackle that right after this. You are watching College Football Live, presented by Buffalo Wild Wings. College Football Live is presented by... Buffalo Wild Wings. What a college football lineup we have for you on Saturday, ABC and the ESPN app. We've got Desmond Ritter at number three Cincinnati hosting UCF. Uh, then fresh off their big comeback win against Penn State, number two Iowa taking on Purdue. And finally in our Saturday night game presented by Capital One, number four Oklahoma looks to avoid a post-Longhorn letdown as they host TCU in Norman. Speaking of Norman, we've got a quarterback question. Sometimes when you got two, you don't have one. Not the case here, David, I don't think. But uh, how does this play out for Lincoln Riley and company? I'll tell you what, it's tough. You, you probably have more offense that you can run under, uh, under Rattler because he's, he's got the ability to get you in and out of plays and do so much. But how do you deny Caleb Williams? I just think what your offense became. He's got way more ability to run the football. He showed way more ability to – to, for Caleb to push the ball down the field. That's what the most surprising element to me was probably, not that he's a better runner. I think that he was more understanding that I'm gonna take shots. Like Mims is really, really good. And um, I think he had, you know, four deep shots for 150 plus yards and or 100 plus yards. And this offense has been really missing the deep ball, the explosive play. And Joey, he brought that quickly just, just in substitution duty. Yeah, and I think he brought it because he was willing to just take those shots. Uh, I didn't look at the game and say, hey, man, Caleb Williams made some terrific throws down the field. Mims made a terrific catch, one of the best catches we've seen so far this season. Uh, there was a couple that was just 
thrown up there and his receiver made a play in the defensive back from Texas, which we've all talked about their defense at times, uh, just wasn't very good. So I think if, if I'm Lincoln Riley in this situation, I just go back and take a look at my team and just reevaluate. I didn't see anything in that game that says uh, Caleb Williams is just better than, than Spencer Rattler. I think you just have to start from zero and make a decision. We started the show, guys, with a midseason progress report. I'll, I'll do the same for Spencer Rattler, only because, David, we started with, with such high expectations. You know, are you surprised at all about the way this first half has played out for him? Yeah, I think for the Oklahoma offense, you know, I, I think Lincoln Wiley deserves some of the blame as well, but the offensive line deserves a lot of the blame. They haven't paved the way. They haven't ran the football. When Lincoln Riley made cut his teeth and became different than everybody else, the air raid offense wasn't sexy, but what it was was they could pound the football and still be an air raid offense. They can't pound anybody. And I think that's one of the things with Caleb Williams. You know, with him in the game, it was almost eight yards per rush. With him out of the game with Spencer, it was four and a half. So, you know, that's the part to this offense that I, I think it hasn't been good throughout the season because the play calling slash offensive line hasn't been good. you got to be able to adapt to what you have. And I think they will. And I think Caleb Williams might give you a little dimension that Spencer Rattler didn't give you. Joey, listen, we do it at the end of the year a lot of times, but hand out your teacher's pet award, if you will. Who or what, which team uh, has made you so proud in this first half? Who you pick? Um, I would say Michigan so far. They, they weren't ranked to begin the season. Uh, Jim Harbaugh's done a nice job with this football team, having them play a lot of confidence, and they're showing ability to go down the field with the football. So I'd say so far Michigan's been a, a surprise for everyone. Yeah, I don't think you can disagree. Wake David, Forest. you got anybody quickly? Come on. Wait, yeah, Leading Wake Forest. Coastal? coastal? We all have that. Come on. Yeah. All right, guys, see you back here tomorrow. We'll, we'll take our teacher's hat off. We're done.